This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is our friend, Apostle Guillermo Maldonado. And Apostle, it's always a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, one of the things that I, I have to say that I've always admired about you is that you are one of those that really care the fire of God. And so when I read your brand new book, Breakthrough Prayer, where God always hears and answers, it really ministered to the staff here. The book is very deep, and it, it's very compelling in, in the fact that it causes you to go pray. you like, I got to go pray right now. So thank you for writing that. And if I could just ask you right off the bat, uh, you talk a lot about the secret place of prayer. What What is the secret place to you, Apostle? Okay, thank you very much, Right. Um, the, the, uh, the, you know, when the Bible talks about um, when, um, when, when God, through how the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, God speaks about the secret place. The secret place is what, where man and God meet. Usually it's called the altar. Usually it's called where the presence of God comes. Jesus called it closet. He said, when you pray to your father... Go to your closet. Mean that is the secret place. It's the place where you design or you choose to pray and talk to God. It can be physical, but it's more than being physical. It's a spiritual. I remember the time when I, I was developing my discipline to pray. One of the things that I did was go to my car. I didn't have any place, physical place to go, so I went to my car. That was my secret place. Wow. God has to have a place where you and God meet every single day. So that's the secret place. It's a place where you and God meet to speak to Him, and He can speak to you. And Apostle, you, from what I understand, are at even a new level in your life and ministry. And in my notes here, it says, after spending time in the secret place of prayer, you frequently see supernatural manifestation happen all over you to where you're not even touching people right now, and you're seeing God touch them. Yes, you know, uh, there's something, uh, Ryan, is very important to say. We have to teach the people uh, the faith of the people has been focused on the hand of the man and the woman of God. So I have been teaching the people to go their faith, to put their faith from their hand to the mouth. Mm. When you have been in the presence of God in prayer, in the secret place, you come out with such power and authority that you can come and you only declare and something will happen. I'll give you an example. Jesus never prayed for people. Is in the Bible. He declared. He's, he never said, rise up and walk. He never said, Lazarus, Father, I pray for Lazarus to come out. He just said, Lazarus, come forward. He declared. Because as he declared, where did he earn that authority and power? He earned it in the secret place. 
And you have a lot of stories. I mean, you travel a lot, I know, and even in your own church. You tell a story in your book about a creative miracle in the brain that this person had, and it involved angels, and, and you heard from the Lord about God was going to restore organs. And what, what happened there in that story? Well, you know, the, 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 uh, this is something important, right? When you come out of prayer, of speaking to God and God speaking to you, you come out with so many things. In other words, that is the place of empowerment. And there's a lot of angelic activity. I have seen angels bringing, like in this case of the, of the brain, bringing uh, uh, miracles, organs, and put it in people's body. And this is what they say. I just felt something burning in me, like something was put in my stomach, and it was a new gla- uh, 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 a kidney. And they went back to the doctor, and the doctor found it. In other words, uh, is a lot of, uh, our, like Araceli was facing an extreme health situation in ministry, and she literally needed a, a, a creative miracle. And, and that angel came and put that, that, that healing in her body. In other words, it's normal to see in my meetings angels to come and, and document it. It's not only talking, but also we have it documented where people uh, felt that an angel, a hand going into his, their bodies, and people were healed. So I can tell you testimonies after testimonies. Uh, for example, um, I was ministering in, um, in Myanmar. Myanmar is one of the poorest countries from Asia. And the Lord said to me, I will create uh, new organs in the bodies, and the children's body. And there was a little girl that she, could, she was born without one of the eardrums. She was completely deaf. Uh, not that she didn't have it. She, she had it. She did not have it. She was born without it. So as I entered in the stage, I did not pray. It's just the presence of God came. And that little girl, uh, as a matter of fact, I, the mother declared over the, the little girl, her daughter. And after the, the presence came, she said, for the first time, I can hear my daughter's voice. Mm. Because she, she couldn't talk, she couldn't hear, and God created a new uh, eardrums. So I can tell you testimonies after testimonies after testimonies, like this girl on the brain. So, Apostle, you you feel and you teach that a lot of what you're seeing around the world in your own church and in your own life is a direct result of you spending time in that secret place of prayer. Yes, right. You know, let me let me give you. Jesus is our example in everything we do. Okay, Jesus is the example. He came to the earth as men. He, uh, in other words. There was a way, a mean, to get closer to God. And prayer was the mean for Jesus to get closest to his Father. Being without sin, being without blemish, being a holy and perfect man, he needed to be closest. The, the closest way to his Father was through prayer. So I follow his steps, how Jesus did it. So the Bible says, and he went away in the morning and prayed for hours. 
And then at night, he said, in prayer for hours. And then he went to the mountain and prayed. And then after he ministered, he said, and he went and prayed. And before he ministered, he went and prayed. So the result of that, his prayer, the prayer was the engine uh, uh, that, that, that activated. The, the engine uh, for the miracles to take place. The engine for his ministry to take place. In other words, he did ministry out of that prayer life. In other words, Brian, I'm going to say something very powerful. Those that are hearing through radio and, and I could say something powerful. In other words, Jesus spent hours with God. And can I say something? Yes. He spent more of his time in prayer than preaching. Oh, that's good. And most of the people today they spend more time preaching and teaching that in prayer. Prayer releases a what I call spiritual activity. In other words, we minister, we as ministers, as believers, we minister to people out of a spiritual activity that we carry. But if you don't have a personal prayer life, you're not going to carry any spiritual activity. And why spiritual activity? Because spiritual activity is where faith miracles forms. In other words, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, if you don't have spiritual activity, faith will not form miracles. How that new organ will be created if there's no spiritual activity. In other words, there's no substance. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. So when we come into prayer life, we create that spiritual activity. In other words, we are engaged in the spiritual activity. And I know when I come out, I carry power. Because in prayer is the place, that secret place is the place of what I called a inflow of power. Mm. And you, in other words, every time you pray, every time you engage in that spiritual activity, you will have that inflow of power. I just want to uh, uh, release a challenge to someone, a challenge to somebody, somebody that is hearing him, listen to me. I release that, this challenge. This is the challenge, okay? If you release, if you pray, pray for one hour in tongues, in the spirit, and then you go back to pray for the sick, Go back, go back and evangelize. Go back and minister to uh, and cast out demons. Do something after you pray. In other words, there was an inflow of power, but after that, you have to get that outflow. You have to go out. In other words, prayer is not just a passive thing. Prayer pushes you. And like you said in the beginning, that passion to go out, to evangelize, to heal the sick, to minister the power, to release the power of God upon the people. In other words, you engage in this spiritual activity that will produce something. It will produce miracles, signs, wonders, deliverances. It will produce miracles of finances. I have a lot of miracles of finances because I'm already engaged in that spiritual activity. So there's a lot of people that are listening to me now and watching, and they said, "Well, what about what about if I if I if I need something? If I if well, just go back to the secret place, meet you and God, and say, God, I want to receive that inflow power. 
I want to receive that activity that I need to release miracles upon the people, not only for God to supply the need, because this is important, uh, Ryan, and this is important to know. There is a reason why the necessity of prayer. And Jesus spoke to the disciples the necessity of prayer and not faint. That was powerful. And Apostle, I appreciate that. Uh, on that note, uh, one thing that I said early on that I've always admired about you, and I, I've had the privilege to know you personally uh, to a certain extent, and I've always admired the, the fire of God that you carry. You can't just wake up one day, so to speak, and all of a sudden you have the fire of God that lasts like you have. How do you, Apostle, maintain that fire, maintain that passion? What, what does, if you don't mind me asking, what does your prayer life look like? Okay, it is very important to, to see that. Um, I, first of all, I have to understand, before you discipline yourself and be committed to your personal prayer life, you must have revelation and understanding the necessity of prayer. And then prayer is one of the means to keep that fire burning because prayer is a spiritual sacrifice. When I'm saying sacrifice, it's not to earn salvation, or spiritual sacrifice, that is from the point of view that we all priests. And where the sacrifice is, prayer starts with yourself. What do you mean? Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Present your body in a living sacrifice. Every single day I present my body as a living sacrifice, as a priest of God Almighty, and it's my responsibility to bring that, uh, that sacrifice to God in prayer. And fire never falls on nothing. Fire always falls on a sacrifice. And if you are continually in a prayer life, in fasting and prayer, the fire will always fall, and you will keep it and sustain it. You challenged us. Pray in tongues for an hour and then go do go do something for God and watch what happens. And but a lot of it, Apostle, begins with praying from a position of righteousness. What do you mean by that? Okay, the first thing that we we always, as a believer, we must understand that uh, the Bible says Isaiah chapter fifty nine verse one and two. It said, "Your sins and iniquity." has made me hide my face and not hear your prayers. In other words, um, we can come to God with sin, iniquity, transgressions, or anything that offends God, because we pray from a position. And, and what do you mean then? Okay, as, after we affirm God, after we worship God, which is in the book and the prayer, Abba Father prayer that it says, Abba Father that is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, we always start our prayer life, daily prayer life, worshiping and affirming God. Uh, in other words, that's the first law of the kingdom. The second thing is to come in good terms with God. In other words, the Bible says we all sin. As a believer, we have the mentality that we are righteous people. But let's be truthful what the Bible says. Whoever says that does don't sin is a liar. In other words, we sin not as a lifestyle. We sin not as something we like to do, but consciously, subconsciously, 
of a mission, commission, you, we all sin. Right. We must go to God and ask God for forgiveness. We need to confess that. Once we confess that sin before God, any iniquity in our heart, it, the word iniquity means something moral perversion. In other words, something twisted. If we're lying, that is the twisting of the truth. If we're saying something accusing people, the Bible says not to do that. So whatever, any iniquity, any sin in our life, we must confess it every single day before God. And after that, we're in the right standing. That is righteousness mean. The word righteousness means right standing with God. For example, if you're not tithing, if I am not tithing, the Bible commanded me to tithe. If I don't, the Bible says I'm not going to be in right standing with God. The second thing, for example, if you uh, are gossiping, if you're talking bad about your brother, the Bible would say it, 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 it's sin. So if we do in that particular area, we're not going to be in right standing. If we're not in the right standing in righteousness, that means God will not hear our prayers. There's so many people now, Ryan, listening to me, and they saying, oh, man, I pray about this business. I pray about my family. I pray about this job, but I haven't seen the breakthrough. I can tell you, you must check if, if you're in the right standing with God. And the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleanses us from every sin, every iniquity. What we need to do is confess it and repent it before God. And then after that, we will understand that we can stand in righteousness. And I can say to God, God, I can pray and I ask you, Father, to bless my finances because I'm a right standing, because I am a giver. I tithe and I bring offering and I, and I support the missions and I sow into ministry. And I can say, God, I'm in the right standing with you. So that is incredible, Ryan. And so many people now frustrated. The Bible says he, he hears the prayer of the righteous. What does that mean? He hears the prayers of those that are right standing with God. They don't have hiding things. They don't have sin, hiding sin in their life. They don't have iniquity. In other words, God hears the prayers. The moment people align with the righteousness of God, meaning confess and repent before God, that is the moment God will release all the prayers answered. And this is the season where God is releasing that that prayers upon the people if we're in the right standing with God. That is so good. It's actually refreshing to hear because when you were talking about even uh, about finances, if we're being faithful with our giving and tithing, what a, what a place to stand in prayer to say, Lord, I, I'm a giver. And so I thank you that my finances are blessed. I thank you that you're blessing me exceeding abundantly. And I love how you brought that out. And, and Apostle, you talk about in your book how we receive immediate answers to prayer. And you give us several principles of that in your book. What is one of the keys to receiving immediate answers to prayer? Okay, one of the keys, this is what it is. First uh, uh, John chapter 5 verse 13. The Bible says, if we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. And if he hears us, we will have the petition that we have made to him. In other words, the key to this is to pray. First of all, we must know the will of God. How can we pray something that we don't know? 
I hear this kind of prayer, for example, uh, Ryan, people saying, oh, um, Lord, if it's your will, right. heal my body. No, but the Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. Where is the will of God? The will of God is in the Word. If we don't know what's the will of God, how can we pray according to the will of God? Okay, the Bible says, for example, uh, by his stripes we were healed. Okay, if you want to have a quick response, all my prayers, and this is personal, all my prayers that I have done, according to the will of God, I have seen a quick answer. So that's why every time we pray, we must know we pray according to the will of God. And second thing is important to say, because there's a lot of people, it's not enough to know the will. We have to stay in the will. Because you can start now saying, oh, yeah, I know I pray according to the will of God, and I pray to the will of God. But now you need to stay in it. It's not one-time thing. Number three, you must not only stay in the will of God, but also act on the will of God. In other words, you know it, you stay in it, but you don't act. The Bible says if you want to prosper, you need to sow. If you sow, uh, you know, in lack, that's what you're going to reap. If you don't sow anything, that's what you're going to reap. The Bible says if you have anything against your brother, forgive them. Well, Jesus said if you're praying and if you remember you have something against somebody or somebody has something against you, the Bible says you, you must Forgive. Now, if you say, well, God, if it's your will, I will forgive this person. Well, no. <laughs> that Bible says you must forgive, you know. And, and I see that it's not enough to know, because there's a lot of people that know the will of God. They know what to do, but they don't do anything about it. You need to stay in it, and also you must act on it. And lastly, you must declare from the will of God. And the moment you declare, that thing will be done. That's what Jesus, Jesus lived, stayed, knew, acted, and declared from the will of God. That's why he never prayed for people. He always declared. He said, rise up and walk. Uh, he told the blind men, "Be eyes be open." In other words, what do you say? Say, Father, I pray that you heal. No, he just declared. Why? Because he was aligned with the will of God. If we want to see a breakthrough, if we want to see God answers our prayers, we must align with his will. What is his will? In the word of God. Let me give you a quick testimony. This is something very powerful. Uh, as we pray, for example, there was, a, there was a person, one of my business people. Uh, he, for a time, he was blessing the church. And as he uh, prospered, he left the church. Did, that happened twice. And every time he went back, he left and lost it all. So, and the Lord, you know, one time I was preaching, and he knew that the will of God, why God prospered him, was for him to sow into the kingdom. Because every time he prospered, what he was, well, he'd use the money for something else. So he came back, and he told me the testimony. He said, the moment I knew that the will of God was for me to prosper, to sow into the kingdom, to invest in the gospel, to invest in mission, to invest on souls. He said, that moment, I aligned with the will of God, I acted on the will of God, and I started declaring the will of God. Well, the first contract he received was $6 million contract. Wow. $6 million contract. Now, 
this man is one of my end-time investors now in our ministry. How did that happen? He aligned with the will of God. And the moment people align with the will of God, for example, I see so many people. One time I was ministering, and the Lord said to me, Tell the people, uh, oh, all the people that are sick in your body, I want you to come up to the altar, and I'm going to pray for you. And everybody uh, came up to the altar, and the Lord said, most of those sickness in their bodies are because they're out of my will. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, they have not forgiven. Oh, wow. They have unforgiveness in their heart. Right. When I, I led them in to forgive the person that hurt them, the moment I did, <laughs> I didn't even pray for the people. <laughs> Everybody start getting healed, delivered. And then you say, why? Because they are aligned with the will of God. The response was immediate. The response. All my prayers that I've done, according to the will of God, I have seen the pattern. And what the Our Father prayer said, Our Father, there is in heaven, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See? Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, the will of God is now. And the will of God is good and, and to describe what is the will of God is very, very simple. The will of God is the best that can ever happen to a person. That is the will of God. And, uh, Apostle, you, you are growing accustomed, for lack of a better term, to seeing immediate answers to prayer. And when you travel out, you're seeing signs, wonders, miracles. And uh, I, I heard from a, another friend of ours, uh, a mutual friend, David Herzog, that, that things uh, are really increasing in your life. Can you give us another testimony of how God is using you to see miracles, signs, wonders, maybe in your own personal life or at a meeting, and you know it's coming out of, of literally spending time, spending face time with the Lord. Yes, I can, I can, I can tell you this. Um, uh, when I went to, again, I went to uh, Myanmar. Myanmar is one of the uh, poorest countries in, in Asia. Uh, such a, uh, it was the first time that they... I granted it a visa to an American preacher. So they usually don't give any visa to go preach. Uh, I ministered to the vice president. Uh, he was, uh, he, uh, he received Jesus. Uh, he uh, got delivered. He got saved. And one of the meetings, I spent hours in the presence of God. When I'm saying spend hours, doing what? Well, worshiping God, waiting on God, meditating on God praying in tongues, praying for the will of God for the meeting, uh, praying for the things that God showed me in the meeting, binding the strong man. And when I went into the stage, the Lord said to me, just stand on the pulpit. And then he said, the moment you stand on the pulpit, he said, my power will fall. And he said, my compassion will fall on the children. I came out of that prayer time such energized with the power of God. So when I come up, I just tell the people the, 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 the compassion of God is there, is here. And that moment, the power of God came, the compassion of God came, because compassion releases the power. And in that moment, Ryan, um, the Lord said, those that are blind and deaf. And there were so many blind and deaf that we have 35 children, blind and deaf from birth. And that service. And I found out later that there's a special hospital only for blind and deaf people in the capital of Myanmar. In other words, 
I didn't even know because the Lord said to me, I want you to pray for the blind and the deaf children and adults. There were so many blind in that time. And in that moment, 35 came up to the stage, declaring, I can see, I can see, and blind and deaf people. And it's a spirit behind over the nation that they have even hospitals only for blind and deaf people. And that is a representation of what happened in the nation, spiritual blindness in the nation. So I, they came out from that power of the Holy Spirit, and it was awesome. So I, that's another testimony of my prayer life. Wow. I mean, that that's incredible. Those kids will never be the same again. And uh, Pastor, a lot of times uh, you talked about the necessity of prayer, and there's a lot of people listening that would say, but I've tried praying. I've, I've tried that. I've tried going to God. I've tried to do everything that apostles said so far, but, but my bills are still overwhelming. My kids are still rebellious. My body is still sick. And, and that's a lot of people out there that whether they admit it or not, they love the Lord, but prayer hasn't seemed to work for them. So apostle, help people get from that, that heaviness of life, for lack of a better term, breaking through, which you talk about in your book, break through that and into this, this wonderful place that you're talking about. Very good question, Ryan. Uh, first of all, we must understand the necessity of prayer. When something is a necessity, it's not an option. In other words, you will must, it's not an option. And, and this is very key, Ryan, for the people, for the mom, for the pastor, for the believer, for that young person that is saying, I need to develop this prayer life, but I'm frustrated. Okay, before you see any breakthrough, you must understand certain things. First of all, why the necessity of prayer? And let me tell you this. Most of the people only pray when they have a need. Right. So... What God will do is keep you in your need for you to be praying. But the motivation for you to pray, it cannot be your need. It has to be the love of God. That's good. I pray. Why the necessity of prayer? So a lot of people now have a lot of need, but that need is always there because they always come to church. Most uh, unattended services in church are the prayer uh, time. So people don't come only to have a need. When they have a need, oh, there's a problem with the husband. There's a problem with the finances. Let me go pray. Well, well that's not about motivation. God will supply your need. As a matter of fact, when you stop praying, need will come. Mm. So what I'm saying to you is the necessity of prayer. Why with the necessity of prayer? Not because of need. Number one, in prayer, we develop that close relationship with God every day. In other words, what motivates me to pray? My love to God. I want to be with Him. Yeah, but I'm tired. Well, <laughs> you need to get put your body in a sacrifice and pray and seek for Him. Number two, prayer is the mean by which the supernatural comes to this earth. In other words, nothing. Have you noticed all the prayers, all your, the miracles in your life, Ryan, is related to prayer? Yes. Or to the Bible, is the same thing. If somebody pray for a child, he couldn't have a child, and have a child. Somebody pray for a miracle, and then they have the miracle. In other words, that's the mean. In other words, when you don't pray, Ryan, there's not a conveyor belt. That's the mean, that the supernatural will come. Prayer is the conveyor belt 
by the supernatural will come to earth. In other words, if you don't pray, you have a need, but if you don't pray, there's no, there's no way that that healing, the restoration of your family finances come. So first, necessity of prayer, because we must have the relationship with God. Number two is the mean by what the supernatural comes. And number three, this is important, because prayer prepare us for the second coming of Jesus. The Bible says, watch and pray. Otherwise, I don't want you to take this event by surprise. If you know that, what about if Jesus come back today and you're not praying? You must be praying. In other words, when you don't see the necessity, you will always look for options. Let go to the doctor. Oh, that's good. Oh, uh, uh, you will look for options, alternatives. And this, unfortunately, Ryan, the church today in America is offering a lot of alternatives. Let's not have a, a, a shortcut to power. Let's not have a quick fix. It's prayer. Prayer. Well, God will supply your needs through prayer. God will do miracles through prayer. God will, uh, will prepare you to have a heart ready for the second coming of Jesus. That's what Luke chapter 21 verse 36 says. And watch and pray for the day and the hour you don't know, but he's coming. Watching means be alert, be awakening in the spirit. He's coming back soon. So then after you know the necessity why you must pray, now you build, you build the prayer life. And what are the steps to build the prayer life? It's not a quick fix. It's not just the key to say, well, just pray. No, we have to understand there's a necessity. There's a relationship. The Father is waiting for us every single day saying, come, my son, come. I want to, I'm, I'm your father. I want to supply your need, but I don't want you to be consumed with your need that you don't even have time to pray because your need will be met through prayer. In other words, and, and then you said, after that, then you start build up, building up your prayer life. What, how do you start with? Start with consistency or perseverance. The Bible says, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says, and Jesus spoke to them the parable of, of prayer, of, of prayer, and then, and not faint. The necessity of prayer and not faint. Why, why he added at the end, not faint? Because, Ryan, most of the people today, they pray two days, three days, and then after that, they quit. Right. And, and, and in other words, you need to develop habits. The habits of praying every day. In my case, I can put an example. I started with 30 minutes every day. And then I added one hour. And then I added an hour and a half. And then an hour more time and more time. And that created habits. And habits, to develop a habit, it creates a discipline. Discipline creates habits. And habits create consistent in your character. In other words, when you do something continually... That is the moment you have a discipline. You, your body is, I, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm ready to pray. But it's not from one day to another. It took time to develop that prayer time, that, that consistency. And first start with perseverance. In other words, and not faint. Many people that are hearing me now, uh, Ryan, they have prayed for six months. They pray for an hour. They pray for two days. They pray for even years. And they haven't seen the breakthrough. But I have breakthroughs in my life, Ryan, that I prayed 20 years. Mm. And I have seen it until now. Because why? Let me tell you why. Because the second step to this is this one. 
once you persist in prayer life, the second thing is creating consistency, perseverance. This is powerful. Will create a momentum. I like that. An impulse. An impulse. Why, Ryan? Because have you noticed that if you don't create a momentum in anything, you know the word momentum means? The word momentum means an atmosphere. In other words, an atmosphere is built out of, 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 of an accumulation. In other words, if there's no accumulation of prayer, there's certain things in life, not everything, but there's certain things that needs accumulation. If, if remember uh, uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, and the prayers and the worship, the incense of the saints were stored in cups, bowls. And then you said, why? Because those are the prayers of the saints for centuries. In other words, any, the Lord said to me something powerful, right? The Lord said to me, any prayer you have done in my will had never been forgotten. Wow. And then you ask, Ryan, what is it? <laughs> right. Okay, what is it? If you never forgotten, because in that moment was not answered because there was no enough accumulation. Wow. So this is the key because, well, have you prayed certain things, Ryan, and the Lord answered right away? Yes. And me too. And then why others take more time? Right, right. Because there's no enough accumulation. That is so good. And, and Apostle, your book on Breakthrough Prayer uh, really ministered to me personally, and I know to our staff. Right from the beginning, it was so rich about staying in the presence, being in the presence. Uh, I'm reading from your book here. It says, everything we ask according to the will of God is given to us. Although God is everywhere, he does not manifest his presence everywhere. His presence manifests only where he is worshiped in spirit and in truth. And you you open up the book with things like that. And uh, Before you pray for the people at home, uh, Apostle, would you just tell the people what this book, Breakthrough Prayer, is going to do for them? Well, first of all, what, they're gonna, what it's going to do is you will see all those prayers that you've done for many years being answered. This is the season to see all your prayers if you faint not. Number two, you will develop that close relationship with God. Every single day you will see how that closeness with your Father every day. You will become stronger in your Christian walk. walk it. And number three, this is powerful, right? And when you develop this breakthrough prayer and you read it through the book, you will become a carrier of the power and the presence of God, doing miracles, signs, and wonders. And I'm going to release an activation of prayer, if you don't mind. Yes, please. The people that are, that are listening to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I activate every single believer, every single mom, every father, every son and a daughter that are listening to me now. And I release the power of God. Father, miracle signs and wonders are being touched, touching the people. And right now, I release creative miracles upon the people. Creative miracles, miracles that people never seen before be released upon the people in the name of Jesus right now. Father, I activate every person to be a carrier. And Father, I declare that breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough, when they read the book, they can have a breakthrough in their finances, in the, in the, in the business, families, children. 
Father, be activated in the name of Jesus and become a carrier of the presence, the power of God. Be blessed, be changed, be transformed right now. And I declare the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the necessity of prayer. And, and right now, Father, you take him into another level. Produce that momentum, a breakthrough, Father. Go through those circumstances for them to go through their business, a, a situation, impossibility, that being a plan of containment that the enemy had against them. Father, I bless them right now. And I declare the fire, the presence, the passion of God to pray. And the name of Jesus. Be blessed, change, and healed, and deliver in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Apostle Guillermo Melonado, and now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. How would you like to have all your prayers answered? Of course you would. Guillermo Melonado knows how, and he wants to mentor you in his brand new book, Breakthrough Prayer. In this book, You'll learn to enter God's presence through breakthrough prayer, creating a spiritual atmosphere in which God moves mightily to heal, deliver, and transform lives. Included in your mentoring kit, you will receive Guillermo Maldonado's brand new Supernatural Breakthrough Journal, where you can record your personal reflections, prayers, faith declarations, and miraculous answers to prayer for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Guillermo Maldonado's brand new book, Breakthrough Prayer, along with his brand new Supernatural Breakthrough Journal, offer number 9624 for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9624. Once again, that's offer number 9624.